The following message is presented by Fellowship Bible Church from its weekly pulpit ministry. We offer an expositional study through entire books of the Bible, one verse, paragraph, or chapter at a time. We pray that you'll be blessed by listening in. Thanks for visiting. The title of the message and the subject of which we will be speaking this morning, and that is the joy of salvation. Last month in part of our message, we discussed the various emotions that we experience as part of our Christian faith, and one of those emotions we mentioned is joy. The Christian faith is not just information, it affects not only our minds, but also our wills and our affections, our emotions, if you will, although I think I like the word affections a little bit better, they're a little more deeper seated than emotions, I think. I sense, as perhaps you do in our society, that we have a real deficit of joy in the normal human sense because of all the doom and gloom that is published 24-7 in the unending news cycle. The fact is, if you take in a lot of that stuff, it will affect how you think and feel. And I'm concerned, as your shepherd, as your pastor, that a lot of you and us are taking in a lot of bad news all the time. Some of it's outright garbage and propaganda and deceit, misinterpreted by unbelieving minds and so on. Your joy and other emotions are being attacked, especially your joy eroded every single day if you let that stuff get to you. One of the ways you can combat that is to just click, turn it off and think about some other things. Spend some time with some believing friends, family. Uh, do something around the house. Don't spend so much time looking at the news to gather information or uh, try to keep up on the latest. I uh, kind of did an experiment when I was away in South America last year for almost a couple of weeks, and I got really very little news. And when I came back, you know what the news was? About the same as when I left. <laughs> it was just more of the same. You know, there's nothing surprising, nothing new and under the sun. So uh, you're not going to miss a whole lot and you'll be able to catch up on it quickly on the key points. But for the Christian, we can have a deep-seated kind of joy and happiness despite the things that are going on around us. Our joy is not the same as the world's kind of happiness. The world you know, defines happiness in a, a certain kind of fleshly way. Our joy is different than that. It's a feeling associated with peace and tranquility, knowing that being in Christ, we are right with God. There's no better feeling than that. It's tied in with thanksgiving for what God has done for us. It's tied in with the feeling of humility that God has been so good to us as sinners, sinners like ourselves, and Probably you can think of a number of other emotions and feelings that are associated with this kind of joy. I think of another word that comes to mind when I was in my study, the word satisfaction. That you're just satisfied that your life is where it should be. You know you are right, if you will, in believing in Christ. You know that you're on the right side of things. And that's a joyful kind of thing, even if the world doesn't believe that. Last time in our message, 
We touched on joy when we looked at the blessings of forgiveness. That was our title a month ago at this Lord's Table service, the blessing of forgiveness. But we're talking about the joy of salvation and you might say, well, what's the difference? I mean, it sounds kind of similar. But if you stop and think about it, um, well, I mean, there's enough joy to be had just by thinking about your forgiveness for a while. You think that God does not hold against you your sin. That is a very happy thought because it's a very sad thought to think that your sin separates you from God. And what if God had done nothing about that problem? What joy comes to the mind and the heart when the burden of sin is removed from your soul? But there's so much more to be joyful about than only only forgiveness. If you think about it, salvation is much bigger than just forgiveness. Some people almost equate salvation with forgiveness of sin and that's kind of as far as it goes. But the reality is that salvation includes a number of other things. In it, in redemption, God constitutes you righteous before Him. Not just all your debts erased, but you made righteous in His sight as His Son is righteous. What an undeserved grace that is. His Spirit begins to dwell in you. Romans 8-9 tells us and others. He makes you over time to be like Christ. Forgiveness plus all of these things. He causes you to grow in holiness. He guarantees your future deliverance from all sin. Think about that. Think about that guarantee. He gives you eternal life. So he said in John chapter 10, verse 28, I give them eternal life. And no one, you know the verse, no one can snatch them out of my hand, nor out of my Father's hand. Romans 5.10 tells us that he reconciles you to himself. You were enemies of God. I'll quickly go over these again if you want to jot them down. And I have the notes, uh, actually they're on the website if you want to look at them. Uh, The Joy of Salvation, the title in the bulletin section today. Uh, Not only does He reconcile you, He redeems your soul from slavery to sin. John 8, 33 and 34 indicates that to us. He promises to resurrect you from the dead. That's salvation. That's what salvation does for us. He grants you an inheritance with Him. Let me just read a couple verses as we go along. Acts 26, 18 is that one. Acts 26, 18 says, Paul was sent by God to the Gentiles to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. I could put all these in my list here this morning too. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. You think about waiting for an inheritance in this life. That's nice, but in, uh, in heaven, what an inheritance awaits those who belong to Him. Besides that, we're turned from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, and receive the forgiveness of sins. Uh, also, a blessing of salvation, He helps us to love our neighbors as ourselves. That's something new and different. And finally, on my list, He reserves a place in His kingdom for you. Of course, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. 
But if you are born again, then you will see the kingdom of God and enjoy all of its blessings. So, salvation is bigger than forgiveness. You're constituted a righteous person. You're indwelt by the Spirit. He makes you to be like Christ. He causes you to grow in holiness. He guarantees your future deliverance from sin. He gives you eternal life. He reconciles you to Himself. Redeems your soul from the bondage of slavery. He promises to resurrect you from the dead. Grants you an inheritance. Helps you love your neighbor as yourself. And reserves a place in His kingdom for you. Do you have those things in your life? Do you rejoice in them. No wonder often Paul says that he has joy in his heart when he opens his letters to the churches with prayer, like to the Philippians. What joy that he can write to a group of people who have been redeemed out of sin, out of darkness, out of bondage, out of enmity with God, and they recognize that they are now born again and walking with Christ. I want you to just listen to a number of these verses from Scripture to just heighten your thoughts about the joy of salvation. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse number 1, remember 1 Samuel, the opening part of that book is about the birth of Samuel in the first two to three chapters. Well, the first chapter is about his birth and then his growth and his dedication at the temple and then revelation that is given to him at first in his youth by God and, and so on throughout the rest of his life. And his mother Hannah prayed after she prayed for a son, was given a son, weaned him, brought him to the temple to Eli and dedicated him to the Lord's service and left him there. That's the first, I mean, that's the youngest full-time minister ever, by the way. Just amazing to think. Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn, that's a symbol of strength in the Old Testament, my horn, is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There's nothing those enemies can do to me that's of great meaning. I rejoice in God's salvation. Psalm 13.5 But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Psalm 20 verse 5 We will rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all of your petitions. Psalm 21. The King shall have joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation, how greatly He will rejoice. Take these as as an encouragement or an exhortation to joy in your salvation. You remember Psalm 51 is a lot about how David repented of his sin and is a great model for us when we fall into sin. Open your Bible to Psalm uh, 51 when you sin and look at that passage again and then make sure you look when you do that to Psalm 51 verse number 12. That is a wonderful verse. Psalm 51 and verse number 12. And it says these words, Restore to me the joy of my salvation. The joy of my salvation. Mm. And uphold me by your generous spirit. 
Psalm 132.16, this is about God taking up His dwelling place in Zion. He says, I will also clothe her priests with salvation and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. Hmm. <laughs> Imagine with me the future period of the kingdom after the tribulation. God, through Christ, takes up His dwelling in the Jerusalem temple. Zion is His holy hill. He establishes His king upon that mountain. How joyful the Jewish people will be. They will shout that finally God is in His place and they are in their place and the nations in their place. The prophets too, they talk about this. Isaiah, 5, uh, Isaiah 12, rather. Isaiah 12, verse 1. And in that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise You. Though You were angry with me, Your anger is turned away and your comfort, I'm sorry, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for Yah the Lord is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, you shall draw water from the wells of salvation." Exodus 15.2 kind of reflects this. The Lord is my strength and song and He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise Him. My Father's God and I will exalt Him. He is worthy of that exaltation and that joy. Isaiah 25, back to Isaiah, verse number 6. And this is a more lengthy passage. Isaiah 25 and verse number 6. I'll go there and read it out of my copy of the Word. Isaiah 25, 6. And in this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of choice pieces, a feast of wines on the lees, of fat things full of marrow. Actually, you know, let me read this from the ESV because it's going to make a little more sense to you. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts, I'm going to start over, will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well refined. And He will swallow up on this mountain, listen to this folks, He will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of His people He will take away from the earth, all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for Him that, we might, that He might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for Him. Let us be glad and rejoice in His salvation. Isaiah, again, 25, 6-9. Powerful section of Scripture. Isaiah 61 also. How did you, you ever think Isaiah knew so much about salvation? <laughs> yeah, the prophet is full of this uh, salvation doctrine. Isaiah 61.10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for He has clothed me with what? The garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. 
as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Amazing. I will greatly rejoice. I just ask the question of myself, am I a joyful person? Do I walk through life with a smile on my face or do I walk through life you know, with the poochy lip disease? Why would I do that when you look around and you have everything you need, I mean us particularly, of all people, and you have salvation on top of all of that, which is the most important thing. What joy we should have. We should be like Habakkuk, chapter 3, verse 18. You remember that verse, don't you? Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. How many verses have I read already? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11, and I have three more that I found. Scripture verses that talk about joy and salvation together or rejoicing in salvation. And I'm sure there are probably double this many because I just look for specific words. I didn't even you know, look for all the different possible variations on the theme. Just to give us an idea. Zechariah 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having what? Salvation. Lowly and riding on a donkey, the colt, a colt, a foal of a donkey. Or Psalm 118, verse 15. The voice of rejoicing and salvation. In the tents of the righteous, the right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Or Psalm 70, verse 4, Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad, and let those who love your salvation say continually, let God be magnified. You see, in your joy, that's actually a kind of worship, isn't it? It's a kind of worship. Let God be magnified. By going around you know, glum and ho-hum, that's not worship to God. But being joyful is a way to worship God. Now, what if I don't have that joy? If you know the kind of happiness that Scripture talks about, then you're doing well spiritually. Such joy is evidence that you truly know Christ. But if you are perennially joyless, then there's a problem in your spiritual life or maybe a lack of spiritual life in the worst case. Or perhaps you have one of those all-too-common lapses in joy of whatever length they may be. You know what I'm talking about. The days come and go. You know, the times where you feel good, where you feel joyful, where you feel badly. Uh, What if you fall into depression for a longish period of time? What's going on? Well, there are a number of causes of lack of joy. Sin is the main one kind of the overarching one. David had no joy when he tried to hide his sin. Remember he said, my bones groaned within me. I just could have no joy at all. I was just miserable. Sin. Hidden sin. Unconfessed sin. Focus on the wrong things like yourself. Focus on self. Remember, when you look into your own heart, you won't find beautiful flowery stuff there. What will you find? An honest evaluation will find Jeremiah 17.9 kind of stuff. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. 
You, know, you want to fill your heart and mind with the Word of God, but just looking at your native natural heart, that's not, it's not going to give you a good picture. You focus on the wrong things, not only like yourself, but on the affairs of this world. I'm thinking of you know, looking at all the news, you know, turning that, that tube on and watching all the time. All the time. No, turn it off and go do something productive. Turn it off and go serve Christ. Okay? You get enough of that stuff, get a little summary and move on. Okay? Don't focus on the affairs of men. Focusing on the news will get most anyone depressed within less than five minutes. Okay? I'm sorry to say. Unless you have a very tough constitution, uh, that's, that's going to be the case. You, you know what I'm saying. Okay? Maybe you're focusing on the wrong things like bad things that have happened to you in the past. You know, much of psychology, it seems like, from way back, even up until now, is, you know, I've got to deal with my childhood. What happened to me then controls what happens to me now. Really? God's salvation is not good enough. It didn't transform you enough. It didn't deliver you from the sin or those bad people that did bad things to you back there. You know why they did that? Because they're sinners. And they needed redemption too. Okay? We can't just go back there and say, oh, I'm stuck in that past and all those bad things that people did to me. No. Lift, lift you out of that, that problem. Maybe you, I mean, maybe you focus on thinking about things behind instead of moving on toward things ahead. There's also physical issues, tiredness and health problems that can eat into your feelings of joy. You might have grief or regret. I have very little time left, so I have to hurry on the rest of my message. What are the solutions to these things? Well, reverse all those conditions by God's grace. Take care of yourself on the physical side. Get the proper nutrition and rest, sleep, exercise. Be regular about these matters. Don't let your schedule swing wildly from day to day. You be in control of it. Don't let it control you. Okay? Get a routine going. Plan a little bit instead of just floating along. Change some of the things you're doing. You know, like I said, turn off the TV. Use your time for something else. I mean, if you really literally sit there and say, look, I'm not taking in news, and, uh, but now I don't know what to do with myself, you really need to think a little harder. <laughs> okay? There's no shortage of things to do. Productive things to do. If nothing else, open the book and spend some time there. Get on your knees in your room or in your prayer closet and pray to God. That will be a good start. Uh, Focus on what God wants you to do, not what your flesh tells you to do. Uh, You could focus on Christ and His Word and His people instead of the things of this world. You know, I'm just indicating that with this illustration here. Believe that God can guide you through all of your problems. Rest in God. Focus on others instead of on yourself. Serve somebody else today. And then plan again to do it tomorrow. That's an excellent exercise. Helps lift you out of depression and helps you to have joy when you're doing something for someone else. If you take seriously what the Lord said, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. You want blessing? Give. Whatever you can give. Focus on others instead of yourself. Confess your sin. That's how David found how blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. You know, how blessed is the man 
that is forgiven of his sin, Psalm 32, that's what we looked at last month. Uh, have, have a heart ready to give forgiveness so that bitterness does not get in the way of your joy and, and kill that joy. Those things, by the way, are important for your participation at the Lord's table today. That you confess your sin and are ready to forgive others. Have that soft heart. Remember what God has done for you too. Okay, Crucial. What we've mentioned above about salvation, about forgiveness, about redemption, reconciliation, inheritance, indwelling of the Spirit, justification, all of these things. I don't know what we did, 10 or 12 of them that are there. Remember what God not only did for your salvation, but what God is doing now and what God will do in the future for you. Try your best to ask God's help to turn your grief and regret over to Him. He can help you with that. I don't know if I've touched on all the possible ways you can lose joy. I've given you some solutions to those. But it's certainly the case that if you look at the body of Scripture, you see those 13, 14 sections that we looked at. The joy of salvation should be an important part of our lives. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, I pray that You would help us if we have fallen in this area to recover the joy of our salvation today. And take a moment as we participate at the table that we would be able to recognize the greatness of Your work, the greatness of Your person, and that it would cause us to have a smile on our face that we would be oh so pleased that You have set Your love and favor upon us. So grateful, so thankful, so joyful. Yes, and even so happy, to boil it down to a very simple word in English, so happy in Jesus. Lord, in so doing, I pray that we will worship You thoroughly and Truthfully, because what you have done certainly should cause us to be joyful like these authors of Scripture. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.